If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Psalm 107. It's appropriate that this is a Thanksgiving psalm. It's also the first psalm of book five. The Psalter is divided into five books, and most of your English translations probably have before Psalm 107, book five. Each of the books end with a doxology. So you can see the doxology at the end of book 4 there in Psalm 106, verse 48. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say amen. Praise the Lord. What's also interesting is that Psalm 106 ends with a plea. That's in verse 47 of Psalm 106. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Psalm 107 is an answer to that plea for God to save us. And if you pay attention, you will see that the very beginning of this psalm is God's answer to that plea in Psalm 106. So let's give our attention to Psalm 107. We'll read the whole psalm. It's a bit long, but it describes various situations that God's people experienced as he brought them back from exile. Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. And gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For He satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul He fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So He bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For He shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquity suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He sent out His word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. And tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. 
For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. And then they were glad that the waters were quiet. And he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they were diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad. And all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, your word is powerful, even as this psalm has said, you sent forth your word to heal them. You commanded, and the seas became rough. The Apostle Paul reminds us, even as he is sitting in prison, that your word is not bound. Your word is not chained. It is not limited by anything. And so we pray today that your word would accomplish its purpose in our lives. All to the glory of Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. There is no shortage of bad news in the world in which we live. It sells newspapers and magazines, it dominates local, national, international reporting of daily events, Tragedy abounds all over the world, and it's heightened with 24-hour coverage. Perhaps you may remember, you may not remember, but this is a good example. You may remember the desperate plight of the Kurdish people during the Gulf War. They were refugees without a country, stuck in a very rugged, mountainous area. One Kurd declared, we go back to Iraq, Saddam Hussein will kill us. We come into Turkey, the Turkish people will kill us if we stay on this mountain. This mountain will kill us. Hopeless situations can be multiplied worldwide. In fact, there's so much bad news, there's so many accounts of tragedy that it's easy to become discouraged, to lose hope, to conclude that evil is winning, Satan is victorious, and God is on the run. 
Psalm 107 helps us to see that even though at times it looks like evil might be winning, God is still very active in this world. He's not wringing his hands in despair. He's working out his purposes. We can never count God out. Psalm 107 is a psalm of thanksgiving that gives thanks to God for for what He's done in a, in a variety of situations. And we need to hear the good news in Psalm 107 in the middle of all the bad news of the world in which we live. So what is the good news in this bad news-dominated world? What reasons do we have to give thanks? Well, the first thing I want to highlight is that there is no situation that is so bad that God cannot work. No situation that is so bad that God cannot work. There is no situation that is beyond the power of God. This psalm, Psalm 107, is addressed to the redeemed. It says that in verse 2. Redeemed from trouble. Some translations might say from the hand of the foe, from the enemies. Gathered from faraway lands. This is the response to the end of Psalm 106, that God has gathered His people back from faraway lands. The original audience is Israel, the people of God in the Old Testament. And Israel had heard the bad news of Babylonian captivity, the bad news that God was coming in judgment because of her sin, her idolatry, her rebellion, and she had experienced the bad news of almost being wiped out as a people by the Babylonian army. The bad news of exile is described in four ways in this psalm. Verses 4 and 5. The people wandering in a desolate wilderness with no place to call home, no city to dwell in, no regular source of food. They were hungry. They were thirsty. They were starved and famished. Can God really work? In this situation, verses 10 through 12 describe a people sitting in darkness, close to death, afflicted, bound with chains, under heavy labor with no one to help. Can God really work in this situation? Verses 17 and 18, sickness and affliction, it took away the appetite, it made food repulsive, it brought people close to death. Can God really work? In this situation, and then verses 23 through 26, the dangers of of traveling on the sea. Sailors and merchants see the works of God in the wonders of the deep. The power of God in the mighty waves of the ocean, the storms that, that bring sailors to their wit's end. They feel helpless in the face of God's power in creation. Titanic sunk, didn't it? And we can't stop hurricanes. What hope is there that God can work in these situations? All of these situations describe a people brought low, a people on the brink of despair, a people who have lost everything. And yet in every situation, There is a verse that says, 
It occurs in verse 6, verse 13, verse 19, verse 28. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. When their soul fainted, when there was no one to help, when they drew near to the gates of death, when they were at their wit's end, they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. There is no situation so bad that God cannot work, no matter how powerless, how helpless, how hopeless it may seem. Never count God out. Hudson Taylor, you've probably heard of Hudson Taylor, missionary to China, was a person whose life was caught up in the purposes of God. He was a missionary headed to China. And on his first trip to China, he experienced what we have read about in verses 25 through 27. The ship that he was on hit a major storm, may have been a hurricane, and it looked like the ship that he was on and everyone on that ship was going to be lost. The captain of the ship at one point gave up hope. He said, unless God help us, all is lost. You can imagine Hudson Taylor was scared, fairly young man headed to China. He thought about dying in that cold, raging sea and the, and the distress that it would cause his family. And several times he thought the boat was going to overturn. To show complete dependence on God, he gave away his life belt. Later, looking back on this, he came to the conclusion that it's not a lack of faith to use means at our disposal. Not a very wise thing to do to give away your life jacket. But during this storm, he spent his time praying and talking to the captain. And at one particular point when it looked really bad, like the ship was going to hit some rocks, the captain asked him, what of your call to labor for the Lord in China now? Hudson Taylor said, I would not want to be in any other position than what I am now, and I strongly expect to reach China. In a daring move, they turned the ship into the storm. The wind changed direction. I wonder how that happened, right? And they barely missed the rocks. Hudson Taylor lived to give thanks to the Lord. He saw, he saw that there is no situation that is so bad that God cannot work. And he experienced firsthand that you can never, ever count God out. Second thing that we want to highlight from this psalm is that when God acts, He provides exactly what is needed. When God does act, He provides exactly what is needed. We see this in each of these situations that are described in Psalm 107. For those wandering around without a place to call home, those who are hungry and thirsty, we have verse 7. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. And then verse 9, He satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul He fills with good things. For those who sat in darkness laboring under a heavy load in prison, we have verse 14. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. For those afflicted with illness near to death, we have verse 20. 
He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. For those who face danger on the mighty seas, we have verses 29 and 30. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. In all of these hopeless, desperate situations, God acted in such a way that he provided exactly what they needed. Some people's help you can do without, right? Maybe you experience that yourself. But when God helps, He really helps because He knows exactly what we need and He knows when we need it. In every section, the people are exhorted to give thanks for what God has done because He has brought the needed help. Verse 8, verse 15, verse 21 and 22, verse 31 and 32 Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. This should be our response. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Those that he has redeemed from trouble, from the hand of the foe, gathered from every land or nation, at some point without hope and without God in this world suffering under his judgment because of our rebellion in our natural state we have no hope and so we can look at these situations and acknowledge that we too should give thanks to God because God still can provide exactly what we need when we need it there's hope for the hungry and the thirsty maybe you've not experienced hunger recently We live in a very blessed nation. But God promises to provide our physical needs. But even more than that, He fills the hunger of our souls in a way that no one else can. There's hope for those wandering in desolate places. And in some sense, we as God's people are in exile, fugitives and aliens living in this world that is not our final home. We wait and long for that final destination, that home that God has prepared for us in the new heavens and the new earth. There is, home, there is hope for those who sit in darkness, laboring under a heavy load, bound in prison. I mean, we have a message that can free prisoners. Even those who are physically in prison can experience the freedom that comes from Jesus Christ. And how many of us were trapped in our own prison of sin, slaves to a certain way of life, and the power of the gospel destroyed the prison of our own making and set us free? I mean, that's good news. And we have hope that God can deliver us from any illness. And how can we not think of what we as a congregation have experienced in the last couple of months where someone near and dear to our hearts was told he wasn't going to make it. But God raised him up. Verse 20, he sent out his word and healed 
We have experience that there's no situation so bad that God cannot work and that when God does act, He brings the needed help. But the fullness of our hope is not in physical healing as much as that is important and as much as we pray for that. The fullness of our hope is our relationship with God. As that hymn reminds us, death is but our entrance into glory. Because Christ has defeated the power of death. So no matter what situation you face, no matter how powerless, how helpless, how hopeless it may seem, and you may feel, there is no situation in which God cannot work, and when He works, He will supply exactly what you need. Never count God out. Now, the reason that we should never count God out is given to us in verses 33 to 42. These verses talk about God's power to change things, God's power to reverse things, God's power to intervene. Look at what's highlighted in these verses, verses 33 through 34. He can take a fruitful land and make it into a barren place. Verses 35 through 38, he can take a barren and dry land and make it into a place that yields a fruitful harvest. Verse 41, he can take those who are low and lift them up. He can take those who are oppressed and set them free. Verse 40, he can take those who are high and bring them low. In all of this, God is sovereignly working out his purposes. And this is why we should never, ever count God out. Because he is involved. He is working in all of these situations. Now, when we ponder giving thanks to God for what He has done, there are a couple of dangers that we should avoid. Many times when we get into trouble, God is kind of the last place that we look sometimes, isn't it? We sort of begin by counting God out because we act like He's not present. We turn to the checkbook, the doctor, the specialist. All those things are good things, important things. Sometimes we don't turn to God first. We don't pray first. And if there's no situation so bad that God cannot work, why not come to Him first? Why wait to come to Him until all our other resources have been exhausted? And then sometimes when we get around to asking God for help, we may have a a narrow outlook We get caught up in what we want so much that we forget that God has purposes that are also important. And we give thanks not just because God has delivered us as thankful that we are for that, but we give thanks because He's working out His purposes in this world. We give thanks because He's refining us to make us more like His our Savior, Jesus Christ. We give thanks because He's accomplishing His purposes for the redeemed. We give thanks because in a world of bad news, we don't have to throw up our hands as if everything is lost. God is at work. There's a couple of verses in Psalm 112 that really speak to this. Psalm 112 verse 4. 
It says, light dawns in the darkness for the upright. There's light, even in darkness. There's a hymn that we don't sing very often, but it has a wonderful opening line. It goes like this, sometimes the light surprises the Christian while he sings. Surprises. We're not expecting it. We're singing, we're giving praise to God, and the light begins to shine. The rest of that verse, it's the Lord who rises with healing in His wings. When comforts are declining, He grants the soul again a season of clear shining to cheer it after rain. That is hymn number 621, a good hymn to meditate on a Sunday afternoon. But then there's Psalm 112, verse 7. It says this, The upright are not afraid of bad news. It's an amazing verse, isn't it? The upright are not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm. He trusts in the Lord. Now, there is bad news. This verse is not denying that there's bad news in the world in which we live. But the upright are not afraid of bad news. Because the good news of what God can do, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is greater than the bad news of this world in which we live. And that's why Psalm 107, I think, ends with verse 43. Verse 43 says, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Wisdom is needed many times, to understand the steadfast love of God. And so we need the reminder, don't we? We forget it so quickly in the middle of a busy week. God has the power to change things. God can bring about great reversals. God can work in impossible situations. The people of God, Israel, that returned from exile after King Cyrus issued his decree in about 539 B.C., the people of God, the Jewish people that were allowed to return to their land, they had a very rough time. They rebuilt the temple eventually, rebuilt the city of Jerusalem, rebuilt the walls, but there was opposition, there was trouble. They were small, they were insignificant, they were under the the power of a foreign government. They had no king. There was no mighty mighty manifestation of of the power of God or, or His presence. And they felt powerless, they felt hopeless. In many ways, they had counted God out. What can He do? Read the book of Malachi. We don't see the evidence of his power. We don't see the evidence of his love for us is the way that book opens. But at the right time, the power of God was manifested. The hungry were fed. Those in bondage were delivered. The sick were healed and the dead raised. Even the wind and the sea obeyed the one prophesied of old. They saw the one sent by God to accomplish salvation, the one who provided exactly what was needed. Eventually ending up on a cross. 
We celebrate His coming. He has come. We wait for His coming. He will come again. We have not reached our final destination. And although we have experienced the power of His deliverance, we have. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have experienced the power of His deliverance from your sin nature, the transformation that's taken place. We still long for the full satisfaction of our hearts. We long for the day that worldly sorrows will cease. We await the transformation of all creation, even the transformation of our bodies. And as Isaiah 9 reminded us this morning, it's accomplished through a child born in a manger, a son given to God's people as a gift. And so the question for us is, do you believe in the power of God to work through this one born in a manger? Do you believe that this one truly is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, in whose kingdom there will be no end? And that the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. He has accomplished it. And he will accomplish all that he has in store for his people, for us. Sometimes this time of year can be so depressing for many people. It's because they're all caught up in the externals. I mean, I enjoy the lights, but if all you have are those lights, there's nothing internal. There's no reality. Because people don't know the one, the light that dawned and the light that continues to shine brighter and brighter. Christ is the light of the world. And our hope is that one day, and it's more than just a hope, it is a certainty that one day Christ will banish all wickedness and there will be no more bad news. That day's coming. No more bad news, only good news for those who know Christ. So brothers and sisters, Give thanks to the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wonderful works to the children of man. Give thanks to the Lord for what He has done in your life. And we can give thanks to the Lord for what He has done in our congregation. And we should never, ever count God out. Father, we thank you that your word is not limited. It's because you are not limited. And so we pray that you would encourage us. Give us hope that you would sustain us. And may the light of Christ shine in us and through us in this dark world that we live. In this world dominated by bad news, we have good news. 
May you give us wisdom on how to share it. All to the glory of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.